Time for another episode of the Culture Hall. It's episode number 334, wherein we will talk about uh, episode number 329 and number 333. Uh, we'll also hear me kind of stumble through things because I got one of them cold sores on the side of my tongue oh, that makes me talk really weird. Those. You can probably, can you hear it? Like a canker thing? Mm-hmm. Haven't yet, but I, I will haven't. now. I feel like I'm super sensitive to it and that I have to have extreme diction so that I don't just talk like this the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, now, you might be asking, what are episodes 329 and 333, right? No. Well, no, you're not? Yeah, no, you're not I am asking? now. Well, but apparently you're not, so maybe we just forget I think it. I know what it's about, though. What? What What do you think it's about? So what you recorded yesterday? It's what I recorded uh, Sunday about the uh, about the sex, about yeah. the and it was very good. Uh, it's a book that is available for you in PDF form. It's free. All you have to do is send it an email to earthlyparents at gmail.com. Now, here's the deal, and you hear him reference this in episode 333. Over 150 people have asked for a free PDF of this book. That sounds, yeah, I believe that. That's pretty good. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and it's just amazing things. Like uh, one person said, thank you for the book. I've been reading it, but it's been very hard to get my wife to read it with me. Um, they uh, They're having a challenge um separating their own sexuality from overcoming an addiction with pornography so it's people coming at it from all different types of life whether they've had a struggle with their sexuality um their uh the struggle with their partner to feel intimate whatever the things are uh, if you have not listened to those we did the episode 329 originally and uh, then because so many people loved it we decided to do another hour follow-up and that's episode 333 we do that for you yeah not, not you, not because me. you haven't listened. No, and I'm not married. And asexual. What? No, that's not appropriate. How long have you been divorced for? Ten years. Okay. <laughs> just, just saying. That's like a fifth of my life. Yeah. Finally. So, <laughs> finally, <laughs> finally, <laughs> ten like years a is a fifth life. of my life. Uh, no, I don't mean to shame you. I'm just teasing anyway. Yeah, you do. I'm, I'm sure. Right. You, I'm sure you take no shame about it. Actually, I don't. Yeah. I'm totally fine with that. Uh, so new with me, let me share this with you. Two things. One, I almost died on the way here. What? Yeah. Just now? Yeah, just just barely. Uh, my new job, the one that takes me to Provo every morning, that makes me wake up super early in the morning, makes me tired. And as I drove here, uh, that is back from Provo to the homesteadio, uh, fell asleep on the freeway. <laughs> I did. Scared the bejeebus out of me. Scared me to death. Not to death, because I'm still here, but I fell asleep on the freeway. Woke up and went, oh, nope, boy, boy, I can't do that again. Then your heart's racing, and you're really awake for about Mm -hmm. 30 seconds before you start to doze again. again. No, I got it after that, but I just was like, oh, my gosh, yeah, sleepy. So, uh, I don't know, thoughts and prayers? I got to change some things as far as that goes. That was scary business to me. How about getting to bed on time? I've been going to bed pretty early. What time do you go to bed? Uh, between eight and nine. Wow, that is early. Yeah, sun's still out. Good night, Mr. Sun. I'll see you tomorrow morning, Mr. Moon. And then I tuck my head in bed. And then what time do you wake up? About four. Okay. So I'm not getting eight hours of sleep, but I don't know. It's a, it's what, it's a, <laughs> I was doing an interview with someone today and, and they're like, oh, you, what time do you get up? And I said, four in the morning. And they're like, that's early. And I'm like, I catch a lot of worms. 
<laughs> yeah. It's terrible. I get it. I'll tell you what, though. To have my work day basically over by the time most people are going to work, it's pretty rad. Yeah. Pretty awesome. Yep. Uh, the other thing is uh, wedding planning in full swing. Uh, we now have ordered my ring. We've ordered her ring. We ordered her dress. I'm already mm. on the diet so that I can fit back into my tuxedo. Okay. Uh, we have the venue picked out, and we have the caterers. Are you going to share where the venue is? Uh, we're doing it at Tracy Aviary, and if people don't know where that is, that's in uh, downtown Salt Lake at uh, Liberty Park. Oh. If you've seen the movie Charlie, where where she rides the like that's Ferris right. wheel or whatever, <laughs> it's right by that. Yep. Um, now, I thought you were going to in southern Utah in St. George. We thought about it. Um, since we're getting married in October, October 9th, uh, it is a Wednesday. Uh, we didn't want to make people drive down midweek. That's sort of weird for like my sister who has kids in school. My brother has kids in school. Uh, plus we wanted to get right to the Salt Lake airport cause we're leaving that same night. We're doing a red eye flight for our honeymoon. Um, so it just worked out mm. better. Just worked out better. And where's the honeymoon? Do you have that plan? Yeah. Uh, we're going to fly into Boston, Massachusetts. Huh. And then we're going to fly out of Boston, Massachusetts. We're going to do places like Bangor, Maine, hmm. and uh, Connecticut, and New yeah. Hampshire, and Vermont. Must be nice and cool up there Sounds this great. time of year. All that cool mountain air and that <laughs> snow. 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 Thank you. You know, you would ma- you and maybe Molly Jenny would be the only one that would be able to join me in that. Everyone else would be like, what? What are you doing right now? You know, my kids and pretend kids would know it because they love that. Oh, yeah? And every time somebody says snow, everybody starts chiming, <laughs> snow, snow, snow. So you have a, your kid uh-huh. and then pretend kids. You have more than one pretend kid? I thought they're, you have like a pretend daughter. Yeah, my plus one has children. Okay. So they're like my pretend kids. Children multiple. I mm-hmm. thought she only had one. No. Oh, how many are we talking? A brood. How many? Four. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, I yeah. feel like yeah. you shouldn't be able to impact that many young people's lives. Nope. <laughs> like, legally, shouldn't be allowed. Like, one, it's like, okay, she'll know better because of the time spent with mom. But four, that's got to be some younger kids, a little bit impressionable, and probably yeah. not a smart decision. Well, if if you want to know, and maybe I shouldn't say, but two of them were old enough to be impressioned by their father, so they're not as much by me. Uh-huh. I'm going to stop right there. Okay. Uh, the two younger are more impressioned by me and are are outgoing and go-getters and, oh, nice. and and a lot of fun. But They also live in a storage unit? <laughs> no, they have a they, lovely home. They also mount what? <laughs> yes. You sit them down, you guys. You don't know how lucky you are <laughs> that you're able to live in a home. And your son's like, you guys don't know. Listen to him. Yeah. He knows of which he speaks. Well, and it's, uh, you don't know how often some my family, I can see it in their eyes and sometimes they say it out loud. Why don't you get married so you can have a home, <laughs> a home of your own? It, I mean, it sort of does beg the question. Yeah. Like, if you love her, she's your plus one. It's complicated. Okay. And I'll accept that and know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Yep. I, I mean, there's a lot yeah. to it. Does your kid get along with your bonus kids? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. really well. Are there close ages at all? Uh, there is one that they are the same age. Okay. Go to school together. And he's a boy. Is she bo- Is that one a boy or is uh, that a yeah. girl? Yep. Oh, it's a boy? Yeah. Okay. Boy. I was going to say, because that would be weird if like, yeah, no. if it's a boy and girl and they're like, sorry, you guys, you had your chance. We're going to go for it. We're doing this thing. Nope. Pretend daughter is quite a bit younger. That's good. That's good. Uh, what's new for you? That's uh, all my news is, by the way. Yeah, that's all 
good news. Well, I almost died too. How? Well, so uh, you're going to have the canker in your mouth, like impeding your speech through this. Uh huh. I'm going. I have morning voice that's going to last all day, and I'm trying to talk over it, but <clears throat> I have a really scratchy throat. Woke up last night, um, fell asleep as I usually do, you know, uh-huh. watching Jersey Shore Family Vacation. <laughs> and I wish that was a joke. Me too. Well, woke up, you know, TV's on, it's 1.30 in the morning, and I am choking to death. I am just choking. I've I vomited into my own mouth. Oh, and oh Sorry, oh, but that's gross. what happened. And I am, and I can't breathe. I'm choking, and I'm stumbling out of my bed, uh-huh. trying to get to the bathroom, trying to get some air into me. Yeah. And I thought, here's how it ends. On your own vomit, like yeah. Elvis. Yep. You gonna, and Elvis, same they're gonna, death. They're going to find me here. Why are you vomiting in your sleep? I don't know. The thing is, it's happened a couple times before. Okay. And so it's 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 truly starting to worry me that it's, it's how, going to how, how many me. times has it happened before? This is like the fourth. Okay. In, in how the past, recently? Maybe three months. Okay. So so like time to go to a doctor. Well, I did. Okay. Uh, and they're like, uh, you know, don't really see anything. Just to, don't eat. Now, part of this was with my busy uh, schedule, I mm-hmm. ate too close to bedtime. Yeah. Like okay. as I was falling asleep <laughs> a whole bunch. Because I, I, so I've been riding a lot on uh-huh. my bicycle. We, this Saturday, my son and I have a very long race. Uh-huh. And so lately I've been riding a lot and I also then eat a lot uh-huh. and trying to gain some weight for that. Right. And and sometimes the time schedule works out to where I don't eat till late. I'd like to eat at seven. Can't you just go to bed and then eat in the morning? Pick it up that way. But I'm so hungry. Okay. I'm starving. What about like a protein shake that's like not eating food but is eating calories? It'd still come up. You think? I I, I don't know. It's maybe. not chunky. Like what? What did you eat? <clears throat> uh, what did I have last night? Oh, I had my usual meal of rice, peas, and beets. Okay. Um, well, maybe that's just what it is. <laughs> I had some. Your uh, body's like, what is this garbage? Some carrots and hummus. <laughs> oh, it's good. It's healthy mm. stuff. Yeah, boy, it sounds good. I sure am jealous. True story. I that's my meal for two out of three of my meals, about seven days a week. What's the other one? Uh, no, that's what I have most of the time. The yeah, other you ones, said two out of the three meals. What's the third meal? The other one's various. Yeah, like when my son and I have dinner, because uh-huh. I'm not going to make him eat that. Right. So what do you have? Sometimes. Because you're still a well, vegan, right? Yeah. yeah. It'll, it's different things. It, the uh, the other night, uh, Monday night, we had meatball sandwiches. I okay. know, which sounds confusing. It's but... not meat. Yeah, not yeah, meat. Sure. Uh, meatball sandwiches. We had um, nachos the other day. I had loaded nachos. Mm-hmm. With, so... with not meat? Yep. Do you do the actual TVP or just not meat? Um, that one with no meat. Okay. It's mostly plant stuff, Ugh. but... But it's really good. The meals that he and I make uh-huh. are actually quite good. Yeah. I just uh, – I got a report from your son right before we did this. Yeah. Not great. <laughs> Let my dad believe they're great. I love him. That's why I eat them. But great, not great. Yeah. Hmm. Well, well, he eats it. Okay. All right. And he eats me out of house and home. Yeah. What, do you got a hollow and, leg, teenager? <laughs> I love that. Uh, and – and so he and I are, are trying to fatten up, and it hasn't worked for yeah. him. For no. me, it's worked great. Oh, God, boy, jeez. Ballooning up. Yeah, three digits right we're, now. <laughs> we're doing this Saturday a mountain bike race that's six hours. Mm, that sounds miserable. Yeah. So you start at one in the afternoon, you finish at seven at night. Ugh, and here in Utah? Yeah. Yeah, so it'll be a, a balmy 100 degrees? Yeah, it's supposed to be 95. Ugh. Ugh. Great. But the, no, it's all right at the end because you get a free taco at the end. So <laughs> that's what you get. Oh, uh, yeah. Do you guys have meatless uh, tacos? No. Cool. So I don't even get the free. They do. We got them last year. Oh. 
And oh. and he's done it every year with his cousin, and it's great. He and his cousin do a, a relay. Okay. I was going to ask you, is it when you're, say, you're doing a race with him, is it like you ride three hours and then he rides three hours or we, like laps or how does it work? enter individually. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I say, he used to do it with his cousin. I do six hours straight and they would sw- switch off every lap. So they, they do, you know, an hour and a half each uh-huh. or whatever. And and yesterday, his uh, my brother-in-law, uh, his uncle called and said, you know what? His cousin forgot to get it off from work and he is scheduled to work Saturday. We can't make it. Mm-hmm. So I told my son, what do you want to do? And and uh, he fasted and prayed about it. <laughs> I'm sure. And, and this morning said, I think I want to do the full six hours like you are. And I'm like, do are it. You, are you sure? Because it really sucks. Yeah. It's awful. He has to learn. I guess so. What, are you going to hover over him like a helicopter? Nope. Nope. I'm, and also I'm afraid that he's going to beat me yeah. because now we will be entered in the same race together. Yeah, but isn't there a, isn't there a specific class for people 50 or over? Uh, there is, and I will next year be in that. I'm not quite there. I'm oh. so, I'm so. Next year, I am so excited for racing because I enter a new age category. Yeah, and I'm signed up for Ironmans. I'm signed up for all these races that because you're going to win them. I'm going to be the youngest of the yeah. 50 years. Yeah, it's time to capitalize on it. You'll come home <laughs> with the trophies. Uh, you know, I want to start a thing. We don't have a question this week, but I want to start a, a discussion question of the week that you can send us. Contact at theculturalhall.com. We'll do this as part of our uh, Articles of News opening exercises, which is this point. Um, if you have a question you would like us to answer, it can be about Kyle, it could be about me, Richie T, it could be about the gospel, it could be about something you've been struggling with. I'm sure there will be plenty of people who will take this as an opportunity to try and get deep doctrine. I don't know that I love that week over week, but uh, definitely an opportunity for you to ask a question. We'll open it up at this part of the uh, show available in podcast form, and we'll answer it until we feel satisfied, and then we'll move into the second half of Articles of News, which is what we're going to do now in the second block of the Cultural Hall. Imagine running a small business today. It's challenging. Imaging and internet presence is an absolute must. Even with that, you're still a small star in a bright cyber universe. Now, imagine you have someone who understands how to get your site designed for your talents and then easily searched by potential clients. Imagine Lennon Design. Whether it's strictly a website or a whole package of logo creation, advertising media, and promotional materials, Lennon Design is your partner in business. They'll test the boundaries of their imagination to create something unique for you. When you need creative, affordable design, let it be Lennon Design. Call 801-699-3022 or visit LennonDesign.com. Dan the Laptop Man here, and it's time for another PC Laptop's Bedtime Story. Once upon a time, Brian was looking for a new computer. He searched far and wide from north to south, and he even took his quest online. But he had yet to find the PC of his dreams and was feeling sad. If only I could find the perfect computer with a lifetime warranty to match, he thought to himself. But then Brian stumbled upon a magical store with a friendly staff and a selection galore. Inside he knew he had found what he'd been searching for all along, a blazing fast PC with a lifetime warranty his heart had desired. Brian returned home, his new PC laptop's desktop in tow. And should it come time to upgrade, Brian knows where to go. PC Laptops, where we really do love Brian and you. PCLaptops.com
I want to take a quick second and talk to you about Best DJ in Utah, now in its second year. Last year, I went to Washington, to Roche Harbor, and did a gorgeous wedding. This year, I'm slated to go to Moab, to go to Denver to do weddings. And guys, it couldn't be going any better. Thanks, in large part, to folks like yourself, people who are listening to this and say, you know what, I need a wedding or a mobile DJ for something, and then reach out to me. You can go to bestdjinutah.com. You can find me on all of the social medias, at Richie T. Stedman, or you can certainly just send me email richie r-i-c-h-i-e-t as in tough guy stedman s-t-e-a-d-m-a-n at gmail.com i would love to see what i could do to make your event that much better whether it's a party or the biggest day of your life you need the best dj in utah and like i said it doesn't have to be in utah it can just be the best dj in utah i don't know now we start to get into like the technical things it's bestdjinutah.com it's time for the second half of Articles of News, wherein we do actual Articles of News. Hit it, Peter. You can't lose Articles of News. And here we go. This is news. Yes, this is hard-hitting. I feel like we should have something far more serious than Peter Breinholt singing, You can't lose Articles of News, but we don't. And then we talk about Mormons murdering people yeah. and churches being burned down. It's this is serious stuff this week. Uh, an unidentified suspect breaks into an Ivan's. If people don't know where that is, uh, Ivan's is in southern Utah, an LDS stake center, resulting in a mere three hundred dollars worth of damages. Um, I don't know why people break in. If you just check every window, you can find where the deacons left it unlocked. <laughs> like, I mean, you don't really right. need to break in. Or the door they came out when they were playing basketball and they didn't lock it. Uh, people are, are worried, though, because down in the Washington County area, which is where uh, not only will there be a new temple, but also where this Ivan's uh, stake center is, was where this the, uh, the new stake center that was being rebuilt completely burned down. They think it might be being targeted down there. Mm. There's a particular uh, distaste for the church in southern Utah. So, uh, I Oh, there is, or are you just stating? No, no, no. They think that they all might be connected, that they're finding these different churches uh, within the area, and it might be all the same group, just attacking them and, and either, you know... Um, vandalizing or burning them or tagging the outside or, you know, all of those. And I have another story, if I can find it in my big stack of... Because I have I spend a lot of time in southern Utah, and I don't know of, although it's growing and it's big, I don't know of any groups like that that I have heard of down there. There's a lot of polygamists near there. Sure. And I don't think and, it's like a big group like, we are the Mormon haters, right? I don't think yeah. it's something like that. But there is... I think because it's so like Southern Utah is still pretty predominantly uh, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. I think that those who are in opposition are maybe more in opposition or feel stronger mm. about it, or the teenagers have a, a a more fervent rebellion. But this from Salt Lake County investigators say that a fire at a Cottonwood Heights meeting house for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints was likely arson. Uh, he says, in a church where they don't have a lot of combustible materials, it started in the middle of the night in the foyer area. There are not a lot of other probable causes. You can find links to both of these stories at theculturalhall.com in association with this episode. Hmm. Uh, and then uh, what? What other story do I want to pivot to? This one's kind of nice. Actually, let's do these two. Um, have you heard of the band Rit Momney? I have, and I saw that. <laughs> If, if you're looking for an upbeat summer song for the summer, Jack Rudder, a.k.a. Rit Momney, is not your guy. 
He says, I'm almost incapable of writing a happy song. He's a 19-year-old singer-songwriter from Salt Lake City. He said that in a recent interview. For whatever reason, I'm so much more able to write a song about something that's really sad. Uh, he, in his songs, uh, writes about breaking up with his girlfriend. In other songs, he explores the emotions of breaking off from the religion in which he was raised, that being the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Uh, you and know, the one song was about breaking up with his specifically uh, LDS girlfriend. His Mormon girlfriend. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, the girlfriend specific to uh, one of it, his name was, um, or his name is Jack Rudder. Uh, he went to East High School, um, and uh, he thought, well, you know what will be funny? We'll name a band Rit Momney, and it would be funny. And you know what I say? It is funny. Yeah. I'll see if I can't reach out to Rit Momney, and maybe in our next episode of Articles of News, Get a couple words from him and be able to play a song just because I think it's it's sort of funny. Uh, his girlfriend that you were alluding to went to BYU. Uh, that is BYU Hawaii. Um, and other guys that were in his band, pretty much his entire group of friends went on missions for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Uh, one of his one of the songs, her and all of my friends were written just after he went to she went to school and then they all went on missions and a verse is like this <clears throat> this started out with a vie for attention from an ex and i'm the most creative when i'm an emotional wreck every happy song i've written ended up pretty bad and it's hard to smile when they only cheer if you're sad rip momney everyone rip. hey red way to go rip I I was going to see if I could find that and listen to it because I don't know what kind what style it is. Uh, here's a quick <laughs> sample. Um, terrible, is probably. It, is it? No, I don't know. I shouldn't. I shouldn't poo poo him with a clever name like Rip Momney. Maybe he's clever in his uh, in his riffs, in his guitar riffs. But I I saw that and went ah, gotta at least talk about that old Rip Momney. All right. What do you have? Uh, Latter Day Saint leaders got a sneak peek this week at the faiths. Sweeping new global program that will replace the Boy Scout and Young Women's Curriculum by the end of the year. That's quick. Uh, the new plan was laid out in a letter uh, dated July 15th, sent to the church's general authorities, general officers, area presidencies, bishops, and stake presidents. Um, it's, uh, it is long on values to instill gospel learning, service, and activities, and personal development, and short on specifics. Uh, and that's on purpose, the letter said, built on the assumption that members in each area and family will adapt their approach to the to individual and local needs. Um, so, and I thought they had started, this is how out of it I am, I saw, thought they had started rolling out this. No, not till January 2020. Before I, now. I think that they probably tested it in some areas, right? I can't mm -hmm. imagine that they're going into a brand new system without having uh, tested it at all, but... A big sweeping motion come January first, twenty twenty. Yeah. So I and I don't have a kid in that or won't at that point. So yeah. I won't know anything about it. Good. Said that Eagle Good. Scout. I, I don't I and and you know what that really does kind of bum me out. Does, I mean I, I get it. And does I'm, your kid do I'm scouts though now? Nope, not yeah, a bit. see, so he could have. He's of the age that if you would have put any sort of effort into him, he could be an Eagle Scout. I did when he was a Boy Scout. I and, did. And? And then, and then when his mother took over that, she wanted nothing to do with it. Really? Yeah. Why? Because she doesn't like anything to do with, you know, church. Oh. 
Oh, really? So it's, yeah. You know, it's interesting like that with people, uh, members of the church, that it seems like always one leaves. When there is a divorce that occurs, there's mm-hmm. always one that leaves. That's a generalized sweeping statement, but I notice that far more often than I don't notice it. Yeah. I you think, know? I think you're right when I thought about it. Yeah. Uh, I thought this article was – it'll be exciting to see that. And as soon as we get more details, we'll be able to dive in exactly to wh- what it all is and how it's going to work. And there's some um, speculation that maybe there will be like a summer camp like EFYs and all those things. So who knows? I love those. Who knows? Uh, this is from a uh, non-Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints publishment publisher, publication. Not publishment. That's not a thing. Although, you know what? Write down that word. It'll be a word before the end of the year. Um, the headline is, my daughter got a Bible for her birthday. What should I do? And uh, it's interesting. So this is the letter that uh, accompanies this. It says, my very religious grandmother has expressed her intent on giving my daughter a children's Bible and the Book of Mormon at her birthday party later in the month. We are not religious, and she knows that, and I can't help but feel that she's planned this so that my daughter will have to open it in front of everyone else. I don't want her to give these books to my daughter, and if she must, I prefer that she'd hand them to me so I can just donate to them, them to the library or something before my kid sees them and, ask, and asks questions. What should I do? And so uh, I'm going to read this because I thought this response is, um, is valuable, but hear me out. All right? So don't just be like, wait, wait, wait a minute. Hear me out. It says, just like the adventures of Peter Rabbit or a book of fairy tales by Hans Christian Andersen, the Bible and the Book of Mormon are collections of moral tales and nothing more. There are no magical indoctrination powers embedded in the pages as you turn them. The mere act of owning them or even thumbing their pages is not going to turn your daughter into a believer. The stories in the Bible and the Book of Mormon are just as wild and unbelievable as a talking rabbit dressed in a little blue jacket. For a child to accept these crazy tales as a truth, indoctrination needs to occur, and that is a hefty, time-consuming task. So, you hear that and you're like, wait, wait, wait a minute, Richie, have you gone off the rails? You know, there are crazy stories like a talking rabbit. But the thing that's interesting is, is I think that we as members of the church, because of Moroni's promise, we think if they just open the book, yeah. they'll feel the spirit. Right. And instantly, you know, then they'll want to be baptized, right? You know, the promise is, is if we read these things and pray about it and ask God if they'll be true, that he'll manifest the truth of it unto us. But just merely opening the book or owning the book doesn't do it. Mm-hmm. So it was an interesting thing for me being like, yeah, you know what? Let them have the book. Just the ownership of the book doesn't make make someone go, oh, what is this book of which I have? The book of no cover. It's cover long worn. I love that from the old, uh, what is that? Not Mountain of the Lord. It's, uh, oh, I don't not Rough know. Stone Rolling. It's the Vincenzo di Francesca. It's the, the uh, church movie. It's uh, crap. Everyone is screaming in their earphones right now. Uh, Why can't I think of what it's called? I don't know. It's not. It, it uh, it's uh, a marvelous work in a wonder. That's oh, what it is. Yeah. There it is. Um, we sometimes, I think, empower the Book of Mormon to be this magical thing. But let me say this. I gave my girlfriend, now fiance, a Book of Mormon. And she's read it a little bit. And she comes to church with me. Now, has she sought out to know the truthfulness of it as much as maybe... 
would be necessary to receive an answer? Probably not. But by her mere ownership of the book, has she converted? Has God touched her in a way that, you know, she knows that these things are true? No. So it's an interesting thing. I think, I think sometimes when we go, but if we can just get the book in their hand, if we can just, then they'll have some yeah. miraculous moment. And I, and, and that's one thing I liked about that is that, you know, the indoctrination, which we probably hear as a negative thing, um, if we can allow ourselves to have that time where we're studying it and asking God and having that indoctrination, if we can embody it in that way, that's the time when we come to know the truthfulness of the Book of Mormon. And how old was the girl in that story that it was her birthday? Uh, I, don't, it to I don't her? know. I can't remember what it said. It, it seems that mother and grandmother are on— Different is, pages and should probably, <laughs> should probably have a conversation um, on, you know, not parenting— her grandchild. It does not. Uh, let's see. Nope, doesn't say. Oh, I thought it said it how old it shows. Okay. Nope. nope. Never mind. That's fine. And I, I don't see the harm. And maybe not in a in front of all her friends. Now right. open grandma's next. Right. But let grandma give it to her. Yeah, and keep it if she wants. Yeah. Because the same thing— Let her do with it what she wants. And one of the things that bothers me uh, about those who would be anti-Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is they're like, I want, you know, I want everyone to—everybody to be able to make your own choice. Choose your own path. And then the kids of those that are against the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints would be like, oh, yeah, so I really feel like this Mormon path is for me. And they're like, no, no, no. (laughs) I know I said choose your own path. (laughs) But what I meant was any of the paths except for this one. Yeah, it has to go both ways. Yep. Grandma and mama. Yes. Story. Grandmother right. and mother. Teen co-parenting. <laughs> uh, I thought this story was interesting. Uh, the wide metal barn on the Utah alfalfa farm owned by Russell and Diane Jones is going to host their youngest son's wedding next month. But by the time September rolls around, they hope that the, the structure will be full of marijuana plants. Yeah. Now, this is in Utah. Yeah. The Joneses are fourth-generation farmers. They're members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and among 81 applicants for one of a handful of coveted spots as a licensed meta- mer- medical marijuana grower here in Utah. Though leaders of their faith once opposed the bid to legalize medical marijuana, Russell Jones says that he's researched the drug's pain-relieving benefits as he battled Hodgkin's lymphoma. Now he and his wife want to be part of an emerging industry that some doubted would ever come to the state. This is groundbreaking for Utah, Diane Jones said. Who doesn't want to make history? And I appreciate they appreciate that they're trying to couch it in like, we just want to be a part of history. Right, right. We really care about <laughs> making sure we're doing it right. You know what the Joneses are doing? This was a $12 billion <laughs> industry last year. Right. And it will only go up from there. They expect it to double to be an almost $25 billion, with the B industry in 2019. So I don't blame them. Yeah, I don't blame them at all either. But I just love it. it's like, uh, I don't know. We you know we really want to make sure that we do it right. It's fun for me. But blah blah blah. They're going money, 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 and I don't blame them. Smart business owners. Yeah, nothing wrong with it. Speaking of smart business owners, this book called "To Laugh: The Lighter Side of Missionary Life." It tells real funny stories about Latter Day Saint missions. Elder Bruce Dana, a missionary of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, 50 years ago, got into his car with his companion 
to head to an appointment. The two left their windows open because it was a hot August day in Idaho. As soon as Dana sat down, a kitten that crawled in through the open window jumped on his back and dug its claws into the missionary's left shoulder. I thought the devil had a hold of me, Dana said. And though at that time he yelled because he was terrified, later he said he and his companion had a good laugh about the incident. So if you like stories like that, <laughs> the lighter side of missionary life, it's out by Cedar Fort and will likely get uh, Elder Bruce Dana uh, here in the Cultural Hall to talk about some of those funny anecdotes from serving a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Meow. Meow. Cat jumped out. The devil got me. What's the devil? Uh, you've got one more, right? Yeah. Okay, let me do a couple more then before we get to you. Do you know who Jack Dempsey is? No. Oh, 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 uh, boxer? Yeah. Good for you. Uh-huh. Yeah. I know my history. Boxer and member of the Church of oh, Jesus yeah. Christ of Latter-day Saints. Yes. Uh, he, was a repu- he had a reputation of one of the most savage forces inside the four-corner canvas-matted universe. Says this articulately That's a, that's a boxing ring. Yeah, yeah. If you didn't know. Yeah. Can we say just boxing ring? No? Uh, He combined all the warrior traditions of his ancestry. He was part Irish, part Cherokee, and part Jew. (laughs) He was forced to self-sufficiency at an early age due to the numerous relocations by his family. His father struggled to find work to to support the family of 13 children. One of the things that I love about this, and if you don't know about Jack Dempsey... Just an amazing story. Uh, he said, uh, let's see, uh, in his first autobiography that was written in the late 1940s, he said, and this is why I wanted to share this article. He said, quote, I'm proud to be a Mormon, and I'm ashamed to be the Jack Mormon that I am. <laughs> so I thought that was great. He also said another time, I never went to bed in my life, and I never ate a meal in my life without saying a prayer. I know that my prayers have been answered thousands of times, and I know that I never said a prayer in my life without something good coming of it. Perhaps his most enduring quote, and one that expands to all winners in any area of life, was, quote, a champion is someone who gets up when he can't. So there's a great uh, kind of what biographical article about Jack Dempsey uh, at theculturalhall.com. Oh, I like Jack Dempsey. Uh, so, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints officially announced the location of the Leighton, Utah Temple on Monday morning. Should we all snicker as it says Leighton <laughs> Temple? <laughs> oh, they're serious? There's going to be a Leighton Temple? Yeah. Uh, the, the, the temple will be built on a 11.8-acre lot at the corner of Oak Hills Drive and Rosewood Lane, about 25 miles north of Salt Lake City. A uh, church news release reads, the temple will be three stories tall and about 87,000 square feet. Church has not yet released any information about design details, and groundbreaking date has not been set. Um, while the location of the temple was, uh, was the church's president, Russell M. Nelson, announced the plans for the construction of the temple late during the organizational general conference in April, while the temple location was still unofficial, uh, corporations, the president of the presiding bishop of the church. That's the business arm of the church. Yeah. Acquired the deed for the two parcels of land in Leighton, totaling just under 13,000 acre a few days prior. So, uh, so I know right where this is because I live very near there. Okay. Maybe five minutes away. Uh-huh. And I go by there all the time. Uh-huh. And when I saw this on two days ago when it was released, I had a bit of a problem with it. Why? Tell me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's along a what is right now it's a a highway, okay, uh, which 
a few months so back busy? here. So busy? Is that the deal? Is that it, what you mean? It is busy. Okay. But it, there's stoplights along the way. Okay. It's, and it gets bit, in rush hour, it gets quite busy. But okay. you'd expect that. Sure. Um, it is an area where a, about a month ago, not a month ago, about a year ago, they, they asked for input. They said, we're considering widening this road, uh-huh. which we all know was bull hooey. Uh-huh. They weren't considering widening it because shortly after that, they started uh, tearing down homes and trees in this area right along the edge of this thing as they're going, uh, yeah, will you give us input? See if we want to widen this road and put an off-ramp right where the temple is. Uh-huh. So they they take these homes, um, and I there's stuff I won't mention about some of these homes that they purchased. Okay. Maybe that they shouldn't have purchased, and oh. the way that they purchased them was inappropriate. Okay. It, it seems to me, and I'm getting very conspiratorialist here, that this was all in motion years ago. Oh, yeah. And, and that they didn't care about people's input on this and this area, which it really impacts the area. It, it used to be a really pretty highway you'd go down to and you could access uh, areas like Morgan, Utah uh-huh. and Eden Valley. Uh-huh. And they, and it, and it's really an eyesore now. Yeah. And, let and me it's ask getting you, worse. So let me ask you something. Mm-hmm. Do you mean to tell me that a government agency is withholding information no. and no. not listening to its constituency <laughs> in order to just further uh, their own... Um, efforts? Is that what you're trying to tell me right now? I might be saying that. <laughs> and they're building that along with the overpass to the temple and the and the now sound walls that will go down this along this. I know there's some people angry about it that live along there too that aren't sure. happy. Sure, sure. That now that they were used to live a ways away from a highway now live right next to a freeway. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I thought it was a – in Layton, Utah, there is a lot of open space. Right. Layton is a, a, a pretty good-sized city. And there was speculation on where it would go, even jokes on where it would go, because, again, there's a lot of open space. Right. It went in a very heavily populated area. Sure. Uh, an expensive area. Sure. And inconvenient. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm not happy about it. I'll, I'll just tell you. I, it's, I'm, I'm ticked. What's your, what's your temple before this temple gets built? Uh, which one? Yeah. Are you Bountiful or Ogden? Bountiful. Okay. So how much closer, how many minutes-wise closer will it be? Five. Okay. That's five extra minutes you can spend in the temple. <laughs> I mean, I you're not incorrect in that I'm sure a long time ago it was decided. Yeah. And that it's not coincidence that there will be an off-ramp of this part of the highway to go to the temple. Now freeway. Yeah. To go to the temple. Yeah. yeah. There's, that's and not this co- is all just my personal opinion. It's all correct. Yeah. But it's my personal opinion. But then I, I think that. They shouldn't have put it there, and I blame my church, and I'm angry that they're taking, if I was paying 10%, that they're <laughs> taking my 10%. And I hope all the people that are living in Layton along the freeway uh, near that temple that are impacted by this, you know, there's your money. You bought a really expensive temple. Well, and there's a really great story you can find at theculturalhall.com in association with this episode about one of the families who had to sell their, uh, their land that they've owned for 170 years. In order for the temple to be built there. Yeah. One of the farms that's right there. Mm-hmm. Pretty interesting uh, kind of, not expose, but an in-depth about how they're honored to be able to sell their land for a temple to be built. Mm. And and to me, I just was like, I hope they paid fair market value. I hope the church paid these folks fair market value and that they didn't get taken advantage of because people were like, a temple here? Yeah, you bet. You can have this for pennies on the dollar. I hope that's not the case. I'm sure it was. I hope not. Think a little bit better of the church the, of which you're a member. Don't let me say that, that I'm trying to shake your faith or something. I'm just saying I don't think this was a, 
I don't think this is right. You don't love it? People make mistakes, yeah. <laughs> Church leaders can be idiots and make foolish mistakes. But they were made years ago, not just <laughs> That's in the right. last couple They could days. be dead. Uh, this is a great story. If you haven't seen this video yet, the folks at JK Studios, do you know who that is? No. It's the old Studio C. Oh, yeah. Once they kind of graduated yeah. from Studio C, they started their own company. Uh, they were on NBC's Bring the Funny, which is essentially like, um, it's like what? America's Got Talent, but they do like but things with comedians and sketch comedy Is it acts on television? Stuff like that. Like yes. Regular? It's on, on the NBC. How have I missed it? I don't know. I do not know. It's hosted or judged by Jeff Foxworthy. He might be Jeff Foxworthy oh. if uh, Chrissy <laughs> Teigen, Utah's own, and uh, Keenan Thompson uh, from uh, the Saturday Night right. Live. Yeah. Um, anyway, it's a, it's a great, great sketch. Uh, it's fun to see those guys still doing great things. Um, the premise of the sketch is that they're – it's a – it's a, a children's television show, and they're doing like this singing, like, I'm so happy when I'm helping, helping, happy, right? But one of the cast members doesn't show up, and they they have to go on air live. And so they get one of the camera guys to jump in and be a part of the songs that they're singing to the kids. And the camera guy, um, he <laughs> keeps jumping in like, and Tupac's still alive. And like, uh, and Area 51 is where we're all going to end up in the second coming. So he just throws out all these conspiracy things um, with each of the the times that it's supposed to be his line. Because he's like, oh, no, I know the lyrics. But he just keeps throwing in his own stuff. It's pretty funny. You're not laughing, but it's funny. Well, I, w- I want to go watch it. I wish I would have seen it before. Because I, w- I believe that I am a good judge of funny. Okay. And I... And I'll be honest, the people from Studio C are, seem really nice, but I never found anything that I saw from them funny. Oh, I don't know. I found a few things funny. I, I think I reside in your camp that there's a lot of stuff that I'm like, but I really love, you know who Lindsey Sterling is? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she plays the violin and she dances around and all this, you know, she's a very talented musician. They did a sketch about uh, Lindsey Sterling's brother who played the tuba, who also wanted to make it big. And by dancing and playing That sounds tuba. funny. Yeah. I'd like to see that. The premise is, you know, and the delivery is pretty good. But that one is one that I thought was funny. And then another one that they did was in a grocery store uh, about people talking about everything organic. Oh, it's got to be organic. Oh, and just it just riffs on, uh, you know, how people are so ridiculous oh, well, about buying. No, I don't find that funny at all. <laughs> Strikes making, a little too close. Making fun of me. No, but you, but you know very <laughs> yeah. well the people yeah. that are just like, okay, oh, yeah. there's organic and then there's – you've taken this far too far. Yeah. Let's let's calm down. Let's calm down. It doesn't need to be pH-balanced water uh, from you know a field where people are making tripled minimum wage to be able – you know, all that stuff. It's just like, okay. But as most of their things, they go on too long, right? Like funny premise, mm-hmm. funny idea. Take two minutes off of it. Way to go. I'll watch the, that video the, that's on the TV show, the new one. That yeah, do did. it. It's I very funny. It. Uh, healthy sexuality and chastity, five ways to teach your kids about sex without making it awkward. Look at how awkward that photo is, though. Oh, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> if you're not following us on Facebook, make sure you do. I'm sure that's just a stock photo. Um, Julie Diazavedo Hanks, who's actually a pretty good friend of mine, uh, she is the one who's kind of given these tips. So I know it seems like we're probably talking a lot about sexuality right now here in the cultural hall just because it's important. Um, but uh, five different ways 
in which we can be able to teach them. And I will go over them briefly with you now. You can find this link along with all the other uh, articles that we're sharing at theculturalhall.com. Number one, healthy sexuality begins at birth. Many parents wonder what the appropriate age is to begin talking about sex with their kids. But the truth is that positive attitudes about our bodies and sexuality should start from the very beginning. So that's number one. Number two, make sex an unfolding discussion, not a one-time talk. Uh, I'm still waiting from the talk for the talk with my dad. Maybe this will happen with my hmm. now second nuptials. Um, yeah. <laughs> I was talking to uh, Kurt. Was it Kurt Frankum from Leading Saints the other day? Um I can't remember who it was talking about, but I was talking about how I was getting married and and uh, and and he's like, do you think your dad will have the talk with you again? And I'm like, my dad didn't have the talk with me the first time, so probably not. And bless his heart. It's just not a thing that he's comfortable with. So making it uh, more than one time talk. Have you had the talk? You've had the talk with sex about sex with your kid, right? Yeah, a, a few times. And yeah, kind of unfolding. Right. As as life comes at us. Is it uncomfortable yeah. for you? Yeah. Yeah. Really? It is, yeah. It wouldn't seem like it would be. It is just because I, I think he's uncomfortable. Okay. I know it does him. And I think that's typical with a lot of people. Because I think that – so I get the impression you guys are just so close that you'd be like, son, I'm your dad. we got to talk about sex. So here we go. And you'd like get it out and be you know pretty quick and succinct about it. It may be a little bit painful, but I would think you'd be like, thanks, dad. Can we go take this mountain now? Can yeah. we go ride, please? <laughs> Can we be done talking about this? Um, And that leads into number three, which is increase your own sexual comfort level uh, because of the sensitive nature of the topic and also because uh, we were raised in a different generation. Many adults still feel awkward about talking about sexual issues and body parts. No matter how hard you try to act calm when discussing sexual issues with your child, he or she will understand and sense your underlying anxiety and discomfort. So making yourself a little more comfortable about it. Uh, Normalize pleasure and avoid sexual shaming. One of the biggest mistakes that parents make when it comes to this topic is shaming and overreacting when their young child isn't fully clothed that expresses interest in sexuality or is seeking pleasure. For example, if you're in public and your three-year-old daughter puts her hand down her own pants, it would be easier to get her her to stop by making her feel embarrassed or like she's done something wrong. But a better response would would be to resist the temptation to make touching herself seem gross or dirty and instead respond calmly by validating her pleasure with a simple statement like, that feels good, doesn't it? See, now that seems like a mm. complete change of thought right. for me. But definitely normalizing pleasure and avoid sexual shaming. And then finally, number five, and maybe we'll get uh, Julie in to talk about these and some other things, is address why, not just what. While it's important to be in to have an open and honest discussion about sex, providing a context for it can help your child understand the why. For example, saying something like, this is a special gift that you'll one, be able, one day be able to experience with someone you love, or you can create more love, and you may be able to create another person someday through sex, can still inst- can instill in him or her a deeper understanding of the purposes of sexuality by providing a relational and spiritual context for this sacred expression instead of a constant stream of don'ts. So I liked that. Um, You remember Savannah, the young girl who uh, she got up in her um, fast and testimony meeting and said, you know, my name is Savannah and I'm a lesbian and they cut her off. Do you remember this? Mm -hmm. Um, Well, uh, 
this is pretty interesting. In virtual reality, Savannah, who is now 15, delivers the whole speech without having her mic turned off. And the viewer wearing a pair of goggles in a VR art installation was featured in a film festival here in Utah called Damn These Hills. Heels, rather. It's an LGBTQ film festival. So you can see her entire uh, testimony. She had written it out Hmm. and she got cut off. And so now through the the magic or the science of virtual reality, you can see that entire... um, that entire testimony. The short film is entitled Savannah, and it's one of four virtual reality works that are at that film festival this year. Um, we talked about that one already. Uh, there's an interesting article at theculturalhall.com talking about the first translator of the Book of Mormon. And so you hear that and you're thinking, what, J- Joseph Smith? This is uh, Melaton Gonzalez Trejo, who was born in March 10th, 1844. And he helped translate the Book of Mormon from English into Spanish. So Mm. when they say the first translator, uh, that's what they're talking about. And it's a fascinating story uh, how this guy was blessed in his life to be able to be educated to translate, um, how he found the church. Um, He had a dream and then was uh, was taught by the missionaries and converted. Um, It's it's just an amazing, phenomenal story. Uh, about this gentleman, Melaton Gonzalez Trejo, that I feel like people should really, really get to know. You can read the whole thing. It's probably about a 10-minute read uh, at theculturalhall.com. So it's one of those things that you find out through genealogy that you may even be related to. Melaton Gonzalez Trejo. I just like saying the name. Uh, This pretty interesting do you watch the 90 day fiance the other way oh my gosh do i yeah <laughs> i love that show you know i'm up what i get up at 4 30 on monday mornings uh-huh most mornings uh-huh sunday nights i'm up till midnight watching 90 day fiance 90 day fiance happily ever after uh but 90 day fiance before the 90 days uh-huh. I, I love that show <laughs> do you watch uh married at first sight too i do yeah now, say I'm a married at first sight guy, but I have caught a couple of episodes of this 90 Day Fiance. There is a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints as yes. part of this season, Corey. Who we see very little of. Yeah, but you see a lot of his fiance. Yeah. Don't you think? Don't you think we hear from her a lot? Yeah. Um, go ahead. Oh, no. Go with the story. I was just going to say... Um, it's fascinating because he talks about how he is a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but that he doesn't really live his faith. Um, he's also one who um, he says that he invested in his fiance. Mm-hmm. Uh, in one of the early episodes that I saw, it you know it makes you believe that he just gave her forty thousand dollars. He's like, no, 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 no. It's just an investment. It's an investment in her. <laughs> And uh, in, it's maddening. That show drives me crazy. Oh, yeah. The premise is, if I understand it correctly, uh, 90 Day Fiance, normally when they do it here, like if you met, say you, Brother Kyle, you met um, a woman online, you could get her to come here to the United States. You'd have 90 days to either get married or she would have to come home. On a K-1 visa. And so, and so what happens in this way, in this season, is these people from the United States have gone overseas to the other countries where their significant other lives and they're trying it that way mm-hmm. what a mess and it's it's usually to, to expand on a little bit it's usually one 
very unattractive person mm -hmm. and one very attractive person. Mm -hmm. Always. And, or one really older person and one really younger attractive yeah. person. Yes. And they <laughs> and and everybody watching the show goes, Oh no. Don't you see what's no, happening? What? No, 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 no. <laughs> a few years ago, I know the uh, the couple where he met. They met on his mission. She was ten years younger than him. And was then she, he was she that much younger? I think pretty close. And then he went back down after mm -hmm. and uh, dated her, and they got married. They have a kids now. They they've had a couple LDS couples on, and the, the, the funny thing is, is they and I've mentioned this before. Both the LDS couples haven't been that much of a mismatch. Yeah. The older, younger one was a bit. Yeah. And then they had another one. And, and really, they don't have them on the show much because after a couple episodes, they're like, uh, things are pretty good. Let's yeah. go back to these train wrecks that yeah. we have. And honestly, you you don't see it maybe till the end of the show when it's all over. And they're like, oh, here's so-and-so. And they're doing just fine. Uh, a couple other just kind of pick up things here. If you like Jana Reese, you should uh, check out a couple articles that she's written. One is, which church is true is not the right question to be asking anymore. I thought that was fascinating. Uh, it's a much bigger discussion than we'll get into here in the Articles of News, but you can find a link to that at theculturalhall.com. And then also, she, for the first time ever, just checked out the uh, Hill Kimura pageant the other night and writes uh, a review of what she thought of the Hill Kimura pageant. Of course, the Hill Kimura pageant ending in 2020. So uh, if you're planning on checking that out, you're going to have to do that sooner more than later or you will be out of luck. Um, there is a guy by the name of Carlos Wizard Martins. That's his is that real? legitimate middle name. Huh. He's never set foot in uh, Venezuela, uh, but the Mormon businessman is on a mission from God to help thousands of desperate migrants crossing the border to restart their lives. At 62 and nearing retirement from businesses including Taco Bell and Mundo Verde that have turned him into a self-described billionaire, Martins is living on the Brazil-Venezuela border where he runs a volunteer network assisting migrants that settle in other parts of Brazil. It's a fascinating story about this uh, brother in the church, what he's doing with his, not only his network, but his communications and his money and helping those get out of just the terrible situation that's in Venezuela into Brazil and other parts of the world. Mm. And then finally this. That, that doesn't sound good. <sighs> Pyramid schemes are illegal, but multi-level marketing schemes are not. Wait, what? What? The difference is supposedly that pyramid schemes don't really sell anything. They just sell the right to recruit people who will recruit people who will recruit people. Right, a multi-level marketing. Each paying oh, up the pyramid to their uplines, while MLMs supposedly actually sell stuff. By the way, this article is biased, just in case anyone wants to know where this is headed. It's biased. Oh, but, is it really? But there is a huge, huge... Um, disclaimer that you need to stick around for at the end. Uh, except that they don't. MLMs are sales cults that encourage their victims to victimize others, commodifying their friendships and turning every interaction into a sales opportunity. The primary targets of these cults are moms, Mormons, and the military. Uh, MLMs don't get prosecuted despite being massive frauds thanks to the actions of Amway founder Jay Van Andels, who ran the U.S. Chamber of Commerce and, learned on, and leaned on Jerry Ford to shut down the Department of Justice's aggressive prosecution of MLMs. 
Amway ginned up a meaningless cosmetic code of conduct that supposedly differentiated MLMs from pyramid schemes. And since then, MLMs have used the, quote, code of conduct as a get-out-of-jail-free card. Again, Hmm. a biased article. And here's the only reason that I'm sharing this. This is the reason why I don't care for them. In a recent... um, you know, these big hoorahs. In fact, there's one going on here in Utah right now. It starts today and goes through the weekend. Uh, this is what one slide at a massive. There are thousands of people at this particular uh, MLM convention. One of the um, the cards, the uh, slides on the slideshow, the PowerPoint up on the wall says, <clears throat> your blank company business is an assignment from God to help you build your faith. Oh. <laughs> mm. And I have no tolerance for that kind of stuff. Zero percent. Because there there are people who make money from MLMs, but it's 1% and the 99% end up not making any money. Yeah. It is definitely preying upon people. But here's the deal. Even if it's not all that, right? Even if it's a legitimate business, by you telling people that, hey, this is God's way, for you to be able to contribute to be anything, able to, fu- to fulfill your yeah to fulfill your covenant of anything, no. no, nope, you don't do that. That is not a thing that you do. No, and I had the hard my ex wife and I had the hard sell from Amway mm-hmm. from a client of hers uh-huh. in our front room uh-huh. uh, who were in our also in our ward. Uh-huh. So they in in church they said, hey, could we come over uh-huh. and talk to you? No, so, no. So, so I didn't know what was going on. We were young at the time. Uh-huh. So they came over to our home and, the, and they brought a guy. He was one of the 1% that I believe actually made some money from it. Mm-hmm. He showed us pictures of his home. Sure. Told us about his ward. Absolutely. <laughs> and and at the end, he said, you know, what would make you happy right now? Yeah. And I said, I, and I now knew what was going on. I uh-huh. said, I want a new motorcycle. Uh-huh. And I told him specifically which one. I yeah. remember which one it was. Yeah. And he said, how are you going to get that? And and I swear to you, just then somebody pulled up out front who I was waiting for, who was coming to buy my car, uh-huh. an extra car I had, and I was going to sell and buy the motorcycle. And I said, those people are going to give me money to buy the motorcycle. And I walked out the front door and I did the transaction. <laughs> I sold my car for cash. Uh-huh. It was a 1989 Honda CRX SI. Yes, it is. Came in with the cash and I said, now I'm going to go buy my motorcycle. And it, they went on for a bit more. Finally, we, we kicked him out. Right. Didn't see him again. About a year later... I'm on the freeway driving to work on this my motorcycle, mm-hmm. the new one I bought. Well, it wasn't a year later. It was probably later that summer. And I ran out of gas mm-hmm. in my motorcycle. And so I'm sitting there out of gas. And so I go to thumb a ride and a car pulls over, uh, you know, somebody who's going to help me out. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was this fella. Yes. Tell me, sir, how are you going to put gas <laughs> in that motorcycle? <laughs> Uh, driving his very old Suburban, uh-huh. and he took me to a gas station. Uh-huh. It was a very quiet drive. Yep. Filled up some gas, went back to my... He was really nice to do that. Took mm-hmm. me back to my motorcycle, put gas in, and that's the last time I Is this a song. polite way of me of you asking me to be in your downline, Kyle? So you know what, Richie? <laughs> <laughs> now today, and today only... Let that be a lesson. Uh, we hope that this episode has nourished and strengthened your body. We hope if you're sick or afflicted, you can be well and listen next week. And that when the time comes, you'll be able to travel home in safety. In the meantime, we'll be saving a seat for you. On the back row of the Cultural Hall. Save me a seat. It's sure to be neat. On the back row. We really gotta go on the Cultural Hall show.